Hey, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the third episode of True Way Gaming. I'm your host, One Way Soldier, or you could call me Carl. And here on True Way Gaming, we talk about gaming-related topics, and I answer gaming-related questions. You see, recently, I spoke to my father. I spoke to my father. My father's a big gamer. Uh, he games on PC. He loves consoles. He's been a gamer. Actually, because of my dad, I came... A really big gamer. I remember I watched him when Halo first came out, and I was watching him play through the entire campaign of Halo Combat Evolved. Uh, even going back to the Nintendo 64, I used to love watching him play like Legend of Zelda, you know, etc. And me and my father were having a conversation recently, and we were talking about uh, next gen console. Later today, September 16th, Sony announced that they're going to have their last PS5 broadcast to show off their upcoming lineup uh, launch lineup of games that they're going to be launching with the ps5 with pricing details i'm sure they're going to be talking about pricing details they're going to be talking about pre-order dates and actual release date and when the console will release etc but he asked me what next generation console would i be investing in and why would i want to get that console so i was like you know what you know and i explained to him the you know i broke down you know different specs i you know i answered different features between them told him my decision i was like you know what this would be a very great episode not only you guys could get to know my thoughts and how i'm thinking about or rather how am i thinking how i'm approaching going into this next generation consoles but hopefully this will be informative enough you the listener to make a decision as well so in this episode i decided i'm going to talk about the specs between each console and i'm also going to be talking about some of the features controllers i'm also going to be talking about pricing etc i'm gonna get right into it for you guys first thing i'm gonna talk about i'm gonna get into the Xbox Series X. So it has for the CPU, it has a 8x cores at 3.8 gigahertz custom Zen 2 CPU. GPU has 12 teraflops of GPU power, 52 CUs at 1.825 gigahertz custom RDNA 2 GPU and a memory 16 gigabytes of uh, GDR6 and an Xbox Series S that was recently announced. This also has four teraflops of GPU power. The CPU is eight cores AMD Zen 2. CPU at 3.6 gigahertz. GPU AMD RDNA2. GPU 20 compute units at 1.5 1. point excuse me 565 gigahertz. And then the PlayStation 5 has a CPU. For the, uh, for the CPU, AMD Zen 2, based with 8 cores at 3.5 gigahertz, GPU 10.28 teraflops, 36 CUs at 2.23 gigahertz, 16 gigabytes a GDDR6 memory. <sighs> Boy, that was a mouthful. <laughs> so those are the specs for three different consoles. In other words, they are powerhouses. I mean, specs-wise, these consoles, the specs, they contain, I would say minimum, $1,000 PC specs. Amazing with a Zen 2 CPU base, even the Jaguars that, that this current generation has back in the past. And man, these these consoles are really powerful. And again, what, what you're getting in these next generation consoles which i will talk about pricing these consoles a little bit later but in other words it, it, it's, it's awesome it's awesome and each of these consoles will feature ray tracing as well uh for the first time these are the consoles are going to feature ray tracing 4k is well except for the s gonna do native 4k and even feature up to 8k which i'll get to more in a second uh specs oof looks you know sounds great what i'm gonna get into now is i'm gonna get into some of the features so the xbox series x so it's going to feature true native 4k up to 120 frames per second which is amazing for the first time ever in console history these are the consoles that are going to reach 120 frames per second 
I do believe using HDMI either 2.1 or 2.3 or something like that. So in other words, if you have a monitor that supports 140 frames per second, for example, uh, you're good. You should be able to set the monitor. Uh, most monitors you should be able to set to 120 frames and it will be compatible with the system. They are current manufacturers like Samsung, TCL, Panasonic. They are making TVs that have HDMI 2.1. I now remember 2.1 and TV HDMI ports that support 2.1 that also has a data bandwidth up to 48 Gbps that enables you to run 12-bit HDR 4K videos up to 120 frames per second. So that's going to be awesome. And then the Xbox Series X uh, supports 8K HDR. Now I doubt you know 8K HDR. I'm sure the content will be upscaled to 8K, but I, in my personal opinion, I doubt that it's going to be games are going to run at 8K HDR. Unless they're talking about movies, 8K movies, possibly. But man, I feel like 4K didn't come mainstream yet. But anyway, moving forward, 8K HDR, Xbox Velocity Architecture, and also Smart Delivery. Smart Delivery, just in case you don't know, every any game that you purchase now, for example, oh man, a game that I'm excited for, Cyberpunk 2077, that supports smart delivery on Xbox One. If you purchase an Xbox One copy when the game releases, and whenever you decide to upgrade to the Xbox Series X or Xbox Series X, you will get a free next-gen upgrade to that game. So wherever you play, whether you're playing on the Xbox One or you play on the Xbox Series X or S, you will get you play the best version of that game available and smart delivery also extends to not only digital but physical games as well which is amazing which is amazing and i'm so excited now the xbox series x will have will come with a one terabyte hard drive <sighs> one terabyte so technically less because one terabyte hard drive the system is going to have 120 maybe 150 gigabytes of that is going to be reserved for the OS. So I'm probably going to say you have like probably 900, maybe 890 something uh, gigabytes to actually download games with. That's not a lot. I mean, obviously, I, I do believe Gears of War 5 was uh, over 100 gigs. Halo Master Chief Collection is over 120 gigs. To me, the biggest game yet, even on PC as well, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Of all the updates with the campaign, Spec Ops, Cooperative Mode, and then also multiplayer, that joint is up to now 200, over 200 and something gigabytes. Oh man, if I didn't have an external hard drive, that game would have been deleted like months ago. But in other words, one terabyte Xbox Series X games, I really see that filling up. Another disappointing thing that I'm going to get into. Okay, so even though the system comes with one terabyte hard drive space, Microsoft's solution for that is that they're making what I call a next-gen memory card. It's called a one terabyte Seagate storage expansion card. They confirm that there will be more expansion cards. Like for example, there's going to be a two terabyte model. There's going to be a three, you know, etc. But a one terabyte Seagate expansion card is only works on the Xbox Series X and works on the Series S, which I'll touch more on the Xbox Series S in a few moments. You cannot use external SSD. So if you have an external SSD right now laying around your house, you will not be able to use that on the Xbox Series X. You're only be able to use you're only able to use these, these memory cards, these next gen memory cards to expand the memory on Xbox Series X and S, which sucks. However, you can you can only use the external hard drive you're using right now for your Xbox One on the Xbox Series X and S, but you can only use it to store backwards compatibility titles. So in other words, your external hard drive, you can only play on the Xbox Series X. You can only run Xbox One games on it, Xbox 360, and original Xbox games on it. You cannot save or you cannot download Xbox Series X and S games 
on your external hard drive right now. It really sucks, but I understand. The Xbox philosophy architecture, the combined with the SOC chip, it, it uses or rather core design of that architecture is for the SSD that's inside the console. And the philosophy architecture, if you want more details about what you know what that is, you could just YouTube IGN Ryan McCaffrey. He interviews uh, I think the lead architect. Let's put it in simple terms, the Xbox philosophy architecture combined with the SOC chip, it prioritizes downloading the files that's needed to play first. Instead of you waiting for the whole entire game to be done, or most of the game to be done, uh, when when this current gen first came out, Xbox One, even PS4, they introduced the idea, oh, you could play while you wait for the game to download. Problem is, because of the power of the current gen, play when you download, your download will be so slow. It will be, it will significantly slow the process down, or even then, even certain games, when you, the game could be halfway done downloading and you choose to play, you would... In the game, it will have a loading screen. It will say, "Oh yeah, the, we're waiting for the rest of your game to download." You're still waiting either way, but it'll be it will take even longer for the game to download rather than just quitting to the dashboard and just letting the whole game finish. So, in other words, this architecture is going to eliminate that issue. You could legit play the game without any hiccups, without the game stopping. The game will just be downloading as you play. In other words, it's this architecture offers you to get into the game significantly faster, which I am happy, and that is good. You know, and Velocity's architecture <laughs> is also going to be on the Xbox Series S as well. Something that I really want to point out between the Xbox Series X and S. The Xbox Series X can do 1440p gaming up to 120 frames per second, which is awesome. It has three times the GPU power uh, performance of an Xbox One um, S. And the Xbox Series S is going to come with 520. 12 gigabyte hard drive also supports hdr and it comes with no disk drive 512 gigabytes i see that as a big problem for a couple of reasons like i mentioned before you know it says for example oh it has a 512 gigabyte hard drive some of that is reserved for the os for the system i don't know how much exactly it will take up but from this past i'm using this past generation as an example it could reserve 100 gigabytes for the os system you know, and if it does that, you're getting only probably 412 gigabytes worth of download space to download your games. That's horrible. And the only way to expand the storage for the Xbox Series X, S, and X is to buy these next-gen memory cards that's only compatible with these systems. There's a rumor, actually, that I, I was told. You know, Microsoft has not confirmed the price, but there's an insider saying that these Seagate storage expansion cards are going to cost $200. Now, obviously, this is a rumor. has not been confirmed by Microsoft. But man, if it's $200, I can guarantee a lot of people would not be buying this. Matter of fact, a lot of people will be upset. I don't want to, you know, stray from the, the conversation here. So in other words, you know, that's that's a big problem. But minus the, the storage problem, I mean, Xbox Series X, S, uh, spec-wise, it is amazing. You know, I'll get into the pricing a little bit later in this episode. But man, what you're... The specs are in Xbox Series S for the value. There, it's it's very awesome. Uh, you can even go to Xbox YouTube right now. They have a video demonstrating playing the Outer Worlds on the Xbox Series X, and they compare it to the Xbox One S version. And the Xbox Series X version, from the main menu loading straight into the game, only took 12 seconds for them to do that. 
to where the Xbox One S version, it took 53 seconds from the main menu, loading screen, and loading uh, straight to the game. It took 53 seconds. So man, it, it's it's a, you're getting that machine. It, it, it's it's really awesome. So the Xbox Series S supports, you know, well both systems support HDR. Both systems supports up to 120 frames per second. Yeah, that demo on YouTube that you can see them playing Outer Worlds, really awesome stuff. Really impressive stuff. It's amazing. Rather you get the Xbox Series X or the Xbox Series X still, which I'll talk more detail in a few moments about, but no matter, you get to play across four generations of consoles better than ever before, which is awesome. And then the PlayStation 5, it comes with a 825GB SSD. Again, if someone has reserved for the OS, you're getting less than that. It could do native 4K up to 120 frames per second as well has HDR and it does hardware accelerated ray tracing which I'm so hyped about. Now the next thing that I want to get into is different ways you could play um, on each console and also audio. So the first thing off I want to talk about is the 3D audio. Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S support 3D audio. Delivers a deeply immersive audio experience where the player can more accurately pinpoint objects in a 3D space. So when you're, I don't know, playing Call of Duty or something, you know, so you hear somebody walking to the left of you, you know, you would really pinpoint that accurately, which is awesome. That technology has already been in use also for like VR, which is amazing, but it's amazing that next generation, that's, it's going to be a standard in there. You know, it's not going to be, we're not going to see that in an update that it's going to be in uh, the system. Also, what's really cool about the 3D audio for the Xbox Series X and Series S is that there the GPU that there's a chip inside to where that is dedicated strictly for the 3D audio compared to previous generation the APU the the CPU the power from the audio is pretty much shared with the CPU but in this architecture there's a chip that is dedicated strictly for 3D audio so it doesn't take away power from the GPU or the CPU to to power it you know which is which is amazing fascinating stuff if you're really into tech and stuff really awesome PlayStation 5 which I am also really excited about as well is that now they have something called the Tempest 3D audio tech. It's still 3D audio, but the Tempest 3D tech, audio tech, is it's a brand new technology and it really evolves what the Xbox One, uh, excuse me, Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S is off, which I am really excited and I can't wait to experience that level of audio. I love audio. Also, the Xbox Series X, I forgot to mention, and X, they do also support Dolby Atmos as well. They, in 2021, they're actually also going to support Dolby Vision HDR as well. I forgot to mention that uh, in the previous uh, statement, but PS5 is going to offer this Tempest 3D audio it's really awesome but this current generation playstation 4 has offered 3d audio but it was a certain list of games that only support that they released a headset called the platinum playstation headset that headset exclusively and also the one that comes from the vr as well supported 3d audio and only uh, for horizon zero dawn uh, supports the 3d audio uncharted 4 and i think there was a few others i believe i mentioned that in a previous episode but now the playstation 5 and also xbox series x and s that's going to be a standard. It's going to be really awesome. And now I would also like to compare sort of the controllers. And, and this is where it gets into more like, you know, ways to play. So to be honest, I'm a little disappointed because the Xbox Series X, uh, S, I'm just going to call it Xbox Series. 
consoles. Their controller, they revealed a new controller. Besides a design where now the, the controller supports USB Type-C instead of micro USB. And also it has a share button, now the Xbox Series controller. There's nothing that really changed in terms of technology. Now it does have dynamic input latency, which really bare minimum the input lag. That's what's happening within the console to the TV. Literally less than milliseconds. It really, really minimizes the input lag, which is very exciting. And especially for online play, and now you play wirelessly, so you're playing online with, you know, it's always, it was always recommended to play with a wired controller. Obviously, you get the bare minimum latency with that. But with dynamic latency input wirelessly, you get the bare minimum. I'm talking about like probably 0.3 or, or less input lag. This Xbox controller has adaptive triggers. But other than that, if you were to compare it to the PlayStation 5 DualSense controller, DualSense controller not only has adaptive triggers, it has haptic feedback with adaptive triggers when you for example like sony described when you have a bow and arrow when you pull the bow with the adaptive triggers and the haptic feedback you get to feel the intensity and every pull with the bow or let's say if you go let's say you're driving a car for example you go over a dirt road and the controller will vibrate feedback patterns in a way to where it really immerses you to really feel like you're driving over a dirt road you will feel like every bump you know when you turn the car the way the controller will vibrate and with the adaptive triggers it really adds to the level of immersion which really is exciting this dual sense controller also has a microphone inside the controller so that only games will take advantage of that somehow some way they didn't really give any they didn't show any examples yet if you don't have a head Headset. If you don't have a headset, or let's say um, you have a headset and then as you're playing, it breaks. The dual sense controller does have a built-in microphone, so you can still speak with your friends, which is really convenient. You know, very exciting. And then also, you know, the PlayStation uh, the dual sense controller, you know, has a touchscreen, has motion sensors. And the reason why Sony has called it a dual sense controller is because this controller is supposed to use minus smell. Uh, it really uses all your senses: touch, motion sensor, voice, because as a microphone your feel because of the adaptive triggers that the, the haptic feedback you know it's it's really awesome it makes me excited to what kind of experiences we'll be getting with the playstation 5 i know i think a couple of months ago sony has the jeff Keeley. he has a he released a video a broadcast of him playing with the dual sense controller and he was playing this game that really uh demos how well the controller is it was really fun to watch and stuff but compare that with the xbox series controller you know, the only thing it changed was dynamic latency input and it has adaptive triggers that's it that it doesn't have anything else really it's just it's a core camera now many other people may find like that it's not an issue and if it's not an issue with you that you know that's that, that's good you know that's awesome but in my, in my opinion it's places 5 offers a little bit more ways to game it's not only just i have a controller and i can use it to play games with better graphical settings etc it adds new ways to, not only adds to the level of immersion like i previously mentioned but again i, I like that stuff I, I love how you know one one of the greatest examples that I, I always use even for the dualshock 4 on the playstation 4 was uh infamous a second son for example you could you hold the controller a certain way you shake it and it imitates sort of as you're you are shaking a graffiti spray that that was fun to me it was a fun like mini game so to speak next gen is not only for me, me it's not it just doesn't just find all oh, that new level graphics and ray tracing etc but new ways to play as well i think that's equally important and also sony did announce that there will be a new playstation vr for the playstation 5 as well and your current playstation vr that you use for the playstation 4 will be compatible with the playstation 5 as well which is a great plus and i'm going to use this sort of to segue into you know backwards compatibility i wanted to talk about too Compa uh, backwards compatibility for uh, any 
console generation to me is very very important because going into the next gen you're not just starting out with a fresh library but rather like i, I like to think about well well yeah i'll, I'll start with the, like for example the Nintendo wii <laughs> the Nintendo wii when that came out it was fully backwards compatible with the Nintendo gamecube so if you had a big gamecube collection all that was brought over with you to the Nintendo wii so you have access to a full library of games already hundreds of games when you're getting a new console so obviously the xbox one's backwards compatibility program was very very successful and unfortunately the playstation 4 was lacking uh, the playstation 4 the only way you could really experience well xbox did a backwards compatibility program to where it was free where if you own an xbox 360 disc or an xbox one uh excuse me an xbox one i can't say that but original xbox i meant to say you will put that into the console and bam, you, you download it and etc. How Sony's, their approach to was they charged you for backwards compatibility as in, in their PlayStation Store, they charged, they were reselling, they emulated PlayStation 2 games and then they sold it for like $15 or $10 depending on what game you got. They sold Manhunt, for example, Dark Cloud 2. You know, they didn't take Microsoft's approach and they also locked it also behind PlayStation Now, which I will get into in a few moments. PlayStation Now, you get to play PlayStation 4 games stream ps4 games ps3 playstation 2 on your ps4 so with the xbox series x and s i'm really excited and this is something that i need to uh, break down a little bit so both consoles you get to experience a total of four generations obviously when the new consoles it will become current so xbox series games of course and you get to experience the whole uh, Xbox One, and then there'll be uh, there's going to be Xbox 360 and an original Xbox library that you get to experience with play on those consoles. Games that were Xbox One X enhanced for this current generation, which includes 360 titles, Xbox One games that you get to play like Knights of Old Republic One and Two, Jade Empire, I think they were like 4K. Those you could still experience a 4K enhancement on Xbox Series X, not Xbox Series S. And and Microsoft they confirmed actually a few days ago from you know from this recording that when you play backwards compatibility on the xbox series s you'll be playing the xbox one s version of those games and that also includes the xbox 360 and original xbox you won't be playing the xbox one x enhancement versions of those games but you will play the backwards compatibility games so they won't benefit from like you can't play them at 4k rather but you could play because of the power of the xbox series x you would still experience the benefit of higher frame rates faster loading times etc unless microsoft decides to do an xbox series s enhancement update to these games that they did xbox one x enhancement updates for so they could up the res to 1440p or they could up res the game to if a game was like 900p they could up you know up res it to uh, 1080p and just put make it support 120 frames per second you know but microsoft hasn't really touched up on that basically you know again what this means is if you have an xbox one game that's xbox one x enhanced on the s you won't experience the x enhancement but you would still approve the loading times frame rates etc same through the 360 and the original um, xbox versions now the xbox series x what is really awesome is that they have for backwards compatibility man they have a really good amount of features so they have something called sdr to hdr conversion because of the power of the xbox series x and i'm not sure and they didn't really specify if this was also coming to the xbox series s but the xbox series x has the ability to games that have never supported hdr can they can convert the game to have hdr visuals so for they showed off a couple of examples like they showed off um halo 6 oh, excuse me halo uh, 5 excuse me halo 5 guardians that game never when it released never supported 
to HDR. But with the SDR to HDR conversion that is in the Xbox Series X, the game now could be viewed in HDR but with have HDR implementations. And it takes no work for the developers. This is all the Xbox is doing with the backwards compatibility program is that they're able and also they show that Free Fusion Frenzy with the original Xbox where HDR never existed. Now playing on the Xbox One uh, Series X, excuse me, Xbox Series X, you're able to play that game with HDR for the first time ever. And again, that game was made never with HDR in mind. Now they also add to Xbox One games could run at full native 4k another example gears of war ultimate edition that that was uh 1080p when it released 60 frames per sec due to the backwards compatibility to xbox series x with the xbox series x is so powerful it could run the game at native 4k of course it's if uh they choose to do so again the backwards compatibility team doing this on xbox but it takes don't works of the developers they could also do this for not just xbox one games but also xbox 360 and x uh, original xbox which is amazing so regardless because of the power of the Xbox One X, and also the Xbox Series X, again, across four generations of consoles, games will look the best. The games are games look better than they ever had before and perform better than they ever had before. Now, Sony, what they confirmed with the PlayStation 5, they confirmed that there's going to be backwards compatibility with PlayStation 4 games. First, they said it was only going to be the first top 100 games, but then they expanded it to all PlayStation 4 games. But that's all they said. They didn't give any detail whether they were going to implement the same technology like what Microsoft is doing, like SDR to HDR conversion. Any games that never supported a PlayStation 4 Pro enhancement, they could have PS5 Pro enhancement or something, or they, they didn't give any details in terms of those kind of features or not or higher frame rates uh, even though I think by default running on a PlayStation 5 hardware they are going to experience higher frame rates and faster loading times just by default just because how powerful the GPU and CPU is in the PlayStation 5 but Sony other than yeah PS4 will be backwards compatible they gave no other detail they gave no other features whatsoever <laughs> um hopefully today later today when they do this event they will give more details about that i hope so i think that would be amazing we'll have to see and yeah the last thing that i sort of want to talk about is i want to one thing i should mention rather is the different values and also pricing for each console version so for example i'm gonna start out with this playstation they always uh they have this service called playstation now playstation now you can stream over 800 games either on your playstation 4 and or on your pc and you can stream PlayStation 4 game, PlayStation 3 games, PlayStation 2 games, which is very neat, but you can't download. You could on your PS4, you could download PS4 games and play them off the hard drive through the service, but you can't do that on the PC. Uh, you can't do that with like PS3 titles or PS2 titles. And their pricing is good. You know, uh, PlayStation Now either they have a ten dollars a month to month option, twenty five dollars for three months, and or sixty dollars for one year, which I think is a good value. Sixty dollars a year. Uh, it's better than uh, for a year. It is better than uh, Xbox Game Pass, which I will give more detail shortly. Better price wise, is a better price than Xbox Game Pass uh, for a year. And then also PlayStation Now, they add new games every month to the catalog, so it's still growing. And um, yeah, you know, it's it's good. It, it's it's good if you don't like spending $60 on every brand new game that comes out. You know, it's $10 a month or $25 a month or $60 for a year. $60 for a whole year. Again, instead of paying $60 for one game, $60 you pay for one year membership and you can stream games, but also on your PS4, you could download games and play them. And obviously every exclusive that comes out, you could play them. 
I do believe day one. That that is a great deal, and and still experience some PlayStation exclusives. Now, uh, Sony they didn't give no word if PlayStation Now would be released on PlayStation Five. They didn't give no word on that, but I am I'm sure they will probably bring it over to PlayStation Five. Or in my point, they need to. Xbox Game Pass for fifteen dollars a month. You get to you have access to over hundreds of games, a catalog of hundred games. I think it's now it's like two hundred games for Xbox One for PC. And now that extends because of xCloud comes free with Xbox Ultimate. When you're an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate member, you have access to xCloud. And you could experience xCloud on your Android phone. $15 a month. And Microsoft also recently announced that EA Play is coming to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. And with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, you also have discounts. You also get perks. And again, xCloud is free on there. You have EA Plays. In other words, for $15 a month, you have access to a whole bunch of games. Even though the Xbox Series S doesn't have a disk drive, it's digital only if you were to get that console which is only $299 with the Xbox Series X being $499 and PS5 we don't know probably later today I'm sure later today they're gonna announce that but there's no price for the PS5 but the Xbox Series X being only $299 digital only console and if you were to get Game Pass with it and you have access to two, over 200 games digitally and it's just the value is amazing you know now granted only 512 gigabytes and you're gonna be using Game Pass <laughs> on the Xbox Series X S, uh, you're going to be shuffling a lot of games. What I mean is delete game, old games that you're not playing and, you know, download some new ones. But it's 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 an outstanding value. It's an outstanding value. You get to play the best version of games and you don't have to make that commitment. I mean, you have to make a commitment with your Game Pass, $15 a month. I mean, you could cancel any time, but $15 a month, you're getting EA Play with it. You're getting access to every month. Every month, they add games. Uh, they take away some. You get access to day one exclusive, you know, Xbox first party games like Gears of War, Halo, etc. For the next generation, Xbox Series S and X. Well, with Fable, for example, you're going to get day one access to that. Stalker 2, when that comes out, you get day one access to that if you're a Game Pass member. You know, with Xbox Series S, cheapest console to enter next gen. And along with Xbox Game Pass with that, you get to experience next generation of games right away, which is an outstanding value. So my final thoughts before I include this episode, going back to the question where my dad asked me, Carl, what console would you be choosing for next gen? Um, After everything I've said and I stated in this episode, which was a lot, <laughs> you know, pretty much to break it down simply, I like Sony's PlayStation 5 introduces a lot of new ways to play, which makes it fun. The DualSense controller, the haptic feedback, unique audio, 3D audio that's in the system. And an Xbox with Xbox Game Pass. Again, just if I get Xbox Series X, I get the best version of any game that I play um, across four generations in terms of double the frame rate, 4K up to 4k resolution just better resolutions better performance etc for me it depends on price point later today sony is going to announce their price point for the ps5 so if sony announced hey the playstation 5 the disc version because also they did announce a disc list uh, all digital version of ps5 i'm not getting that one and xbox series x I mean, excuse me, Xbox Series S, that console is very appealing, but because it does not have a disk drive, I would not be getting that console. I like my physical media. And to wrap this up, if Sony were to come out and said, PlayStation 5 disk drive is 450 bucks, I'm getting the PS5. I will get the PS5 first, and then I will wait and get the Xbox Series X. 
when Halo Infinite comes out. But if they say, oh, it's $500 for the disc base version and then cheaper for the disc list, like $400 or whatever, I would get the Xbox Series X first. I will not get the Xbox Series X on day one. But that would be my first next-gen console. Not only for Xbox Series games. I mean, there's there's really no rush with the Xbox Series X because Microsoft announced every first-party game that they release for the next two years will also release an Xbox One. I have an Xbox One X. So I could still experience 4K, maybe 60 frames, or have to choose that options or whatever. But still, I it's there's no rush for me getting it. But what makes the Xbox Series X and X so appealing is that you could play across four generations and experience the best version on that one console. I mean, I have a whole bunch of 360 games, original Xbox games. I could play on the Xbox Series X like I've never experienced before. With double the frame rate and resolution, it really makes the Xbox Series X really appealing to me. It really depends on that price point. PS5, 450, I'm getting that. If it's 500, the first console I will get is Xbox Series X. No, not the S. That is, that's what I, that's what I told my, uh, my dad when we we're having this conversation. So I want to say thank you so very much for, uh, for tuning in to this episode of True Way Gaming. I hope it was very informative to you. There's just some of my thoughts on the next gen, my opinions, some of the stuff that I'm looking forward to, and some of the breakdown of how the console is. I do want to say that I recently have started going back to school <laughs> so i want to make this announcement here that i'm moving the release date from uh for true way gaming instead of releasing every wednesday at 10 a.m i'm going to be releasing an episode every friday at 10 a.m on the next episode i'll share a new email address that i have where you can send your questions the old email that i said in the previous two episodes i did away with that email and i'm making a new email so where an email specifically where you could send your questions but if you like this episode you know, please like it. Or if you have any comments that you want to share, you can also comment to saying if you like this episode, if not, etc. Also, if you just have a question, actually, until I announce the where you can send your questions on my new email, you could just question in the comments on whatever uh, podcast platform that you're on. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is One Way Soldier, and this is the end of my transmission. Yeah.